Well, I invite you to turn to our, our sermon passage this morning. It's over on page three. Page three. Second Corinthians four. We're, we're continuing our, our study of Second Corinthians. Here's Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In this current section, he's been talking a lot about his uh, his work as, a, as an apostle, as a, as a servant of Christ, uh, sending forth the gospel. But he gives us, in the midst of him talking about his ministry, we, get, we learn about what the gospel is uh, and its glory and how it, how it transforms God's, God's people. And, uh, and he's been talking about that. Actually, we're going to, in our reading, back up just one verse uh, and read verse 6. And then get to the text we're going to focus on uh, seven through fifteen. Although we're really going to focus in on seven through twelve as our as our primary focus this morning. But but see if you can catch the, uh, the how Paul talks about the glory that was there, and then and then transition or continues. Uh, let's let's read God's word together. Second Corinthians four. We're going to read six through fifteen. For God, who said, "Let light shine out of darkness," has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are, are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith, According to what has been written, I believed, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us into bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Well, it's... Let's pray for God's to, God to be glorified here. Lord, we do pray that you would be glorified as we, as we as your people meditate on your truth and hear you speak to us. We pray that we would, as your servants, uh, be listening uh, and eager to be encouraged and strengthened. Uh, for we do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> gospel is so great, why is the Christian life so hard? If the gospel is really that great, why does the Christian life so often feel so hard? Gospel. You might even know that that means good news. It's good. Paul's actually been talking about it. Uh, and, there, and there that verse 6 was helpful because he, he was describing just how good the good news really is. 
uh, comparing God's work in the gospel in us uh, as it's like a new creation, right? Just as, the, as God created all things, right? Just speaking light into darkness. So God uh, uh, in Christ does that work in us. Uh, there's the good news. He speaks his, uh, his light into our lives and blind eyes are opened. It's like a, a new creation dawns in our, very, in our very being. There is the gospel and how good it is, Paul says. Then he gets to verse 7. But, but, he almost seems to be anticipating uh, where our, our, our very question. Right? If it's really that good, then how come living for Christ seems so hard? Uh, it, it, it seems to be a question that the, that the Corinthians are, are, are wrestling with, uh, particularly with relation to Paul. Uh, remember, there's this complicated relationship between Paul and the Corinthians, and they're, uh, they've, they've, they've been doubting him and struggling, and, and there's also these rival leaders that are speaking, these super apostles who are criticizing Paul. And, and one of the things that you discover from reading this letter is, is one of the things they're criticizing Paul for is, Paul looks so weak. So you can almost hear I uh, hear this this uh, this dialogue coming out, you know, right? Come on, Paul. Uh, right? If this message you're talking about is really so good, how come you look so fragile, so weak, so broken? Uh, clearly, there's something wrong, right, Paul? Clearly, you're doing something wrong, right, Paul? I wonder how many of us take that same dialogue and internally have it with ourselves. Okay, this gospel that I say I believe, right, that, that I say is so good, uh, well, then how come my life looks fragile and hard and messy and broken? Is it, is it maybe not as good as I thought it was? Uh, am I doing it all wrong? Uh, right? If the gospel is really so good, how, how come things look and feel so hard? Now, it's an important question. Because if we, if we don't get a good biblical answer to it, we can go off in some really bad directions. Um, and, and so some of us might be tempted to go off in the direction uh, of, of just absolute discouragement, just being overburdened, right? We, we see this tension, uh, good gospel, hard life. We see that tension, and we just become completely burdened and, and just like, wow, I'm, and it crushes us. Or tempted to crush us, right? I'm, if it, maybe it's not as good as I thought it was. Maybe I'm completely messing it up, uh, and and we just we just get so burdened with discouragement. Um, some of us, well, if, if that's you, then then there's good news because God is coming uh, with this particular passage, and it's going to encourage us. Uh, but there's also another bad direction we can go off of, uh, which is we can see the same tension: good gospel, hard life. Uh, and we can be tempted to run from all the hard things, right? We can, we can see a hard road in front of us and conclude that, oh, okay, this is my clue, my cue from, from something out there that I'm supposed to run in the opposite direction, right? Hard thing, no. And so we, we spend, uh, sometimes it can be our whole life running uh, from hard things, fearing hard things, uh, and so here, there's uh, the, the, the good gospel, hard life uh, message comes, there's a little bit of challenge to it. Uh, 
that, that, that the, just because it's hard, it doesn't mean God is not doing anything there or calling you to run from it. Uh, it's a little bit of challenge, but we'll see it's, it's good. It's, it's glory. It's this idea that God's going to bring to us that, that no, there's something, there's something good and powerful. There's Jesus here. Well, let's take it, let's go into the details. Uh, maybe for you it'll be a bit of challenge. Maybe it'll be a bit of encouragement. Maybe it'll be a bit of both. Uh, let's see. Let's see where God, uh, how God unpacks this. First of all, focusing on just the reality of the hardship, uh, the reality of the hardship. Uh, so look how Paul, how Paul puts it. So uh, verse six, right? He's talking about the gospel and and just how glorious it is, just how great it is, recreating us. Uh, it, through through Christ, this glory that's in us. Uh, but, he says, verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. In jars of clay. Uh, kids, can you can you picture a jar of clay? Actually, I can, I can show you one right here. You ever see me drink out of this on Sundays? I usually, usually put water in it, not today. Um, but this is a jar of clay. Uh, that's that's what you can actually you can see the color. This is paint, but that's actually the color of the clay. And and it started off as a lump of clay uh, that a potter took with his hands and shaped it into into this mug. Uh, and then it was put into an oven and baked until it became hard like this. Uh, so it's hard, but it's also very breakable. Right, so kids, what do you think? If I took this outside after the service on the sidewalk there and I dropped it, what would happen? It would break. Like really break. Like a lot of pieces break. Right? Because jars of clay are fragile. Breakable. Uh, and here's Paul saying, this is us. This is us. Fragile. Brittle. Easily broken. Paul says, that's me. That's us. Actually, you, you look then into, into verses 8 and 9, and he essentially describes the, uh, the clay pot life. Um, 8 and 9, you can, you can see it's a series of, of pairs. Uh, but just for, just for a moment, take the, take the first half of each pair. Uh, and this, this is Paul describing his, his clay pot life. Uh, or we could say, our clay pot lives. He says, afflicted, or hard-pressed, in every way. Um, perplexed, uh, you could translate it, at a loss. Persecuted, struck down. Uh, then he goes into verses 10 and 11, and he repeatedly talks about his life following Christ, and by, dis by using the word death. His, his life looks like death. So here, here he is. He's just talked about who we are as new creations in Christ, this, this great glory. And, and what is that? How does that get lived out? Oh, it's a treasure, he says. But what, what's, the, what's the, outer, uh, the outer look, the outer shell to it? Jar of clay. Breakable. Brittle. Uh, afflicted, persecuted, struck down, a life that feels something like death. Uh, so if you're, if you're trusting in Christ, you're, you're following him and trusting him, 
and you walk through life in, in following Christ, and you see some of this hardship, right? You, you run into some of this fragile, brittle, struck down, afflicted. It doesn't mean you're going crazy. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean at all that you're doing it wrong. Because Paul says, you know, this is it. This is part of what it's like. It, it's not all of it, and we're going to keep going. Uh, but, but at least this far, this is, this is part of it. It's a treasure in, in a jar of clay. So when you, you start to see and feel the, the clayness, uh, the fragility, the breakableness, the, the affliction, right? it's not because you're going crazy, uh, nor is it necessarily because you're doing it wrong. Uh, but it's not the whole story. But it is part of it. But it is part of it. So let's, uh, it's, and it's not the whole story uh, because it's, it's a Jesus story. And that's really where we're going next. Uh, the, the, Jesus, the Jesus connection. Paul describes and explains his life uh, by, by connecting it to Jesus' life. Uh, he connects his life to Jesus' life because he says his life is connected to Jesus' life. Right? Okay, so let's try to take that in. Verses 10 to 11. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal bodies. What's Paul talking about? Well, part of, part of what he's, he's explaining is the implications of, of really, for Paul, what is, what is the heart of being a Christian. Uh, the heart of being a Christian for Paul is you're, you're united to Jesus. You're, you're connected uh, to Jesus. Uh, that, that the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of you, and through faith you grab a hold of, uh, of Christ, and, and you're, you're united, you're connected. Uh, this is how we get all the blessings of, of salvation. They come because we're connected to Jesus. So um, we're, we're not righteous in ourselves. How do we get righteous before God? Well, we're connected to Jesus. So now all that's his becomes ours. We need righteousness connected to Jesus. Oh, look, he's righteous, we get his, and we're righteous in Christ. Or... Uh, uh, we want to be brought into the family of God, but we're enemies of God by nature. But connected to Jesus, oh look, he's the son, the eternal son. Connected to him, that becomes ours, and we become sons and daughters connected to him. Right? We, we, we need sanctification, we need glorification. Well, there's holiness in Christ, there's glory in the resurrected Christ. Connected to him, we get it too. You get the idea? We're united to Christ, and so all that's Christ's becomes ours. Uh, and that, for Paul, is really the core of, of what it means to be a Christian. And here, he uses that idea to describe his, his walk through life, uh, our walk through life. And, and what he's saying is that for, for him as a, as a believer, for you and me as a believer, uh, it's never just us walking solo through life, right? Just Paul. Uh, or, or, or just me, just you, solo by ourselves. It's always Paul as a believer, Paul united to Christ. You and me as, as believers, it's you united to Christ, me united to Christ. Uh, you know, sometimes we talk about, uh, about oh, those, those two friends, they're like, they're like joined at the hip. 
right? You, you kind of never see one without the other. They're all there, joined today, right? That's kind of like what it means uh, to be a Christian. We're, we're, we're joined at the hip to Jesus. Uh, not physically, of course, but, but in other words, you, you never in the Christian life, is it just you? Just like those two friends, you never just see one by themselves. It's always you and Jesus. Uh, so, so what that means then uh, is that is that that life of Jesus becomes your life, all right? And and of course, what Jesus are we talking about? It's the Jesus who died and through that death rose. And Paul's saying now that's his life connected to Jesus. So, so verse ten he says, we are always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, or even more literally, the dying of Jesus. Uh, so here, here's Paul walking through life, but it's not just Paul. It's Paul joined at the hip to Jesus, uh, Paul united to Christ, and so he's, he says he's always carrying with him the, the dying of Jesus. Uh, you, you, you look at Paul, but it's not just Paul. It's Paul connected to Christ, and that means Paul's connected to the dying Christ. Uh, well, you can go, go back to those. You want to kind of see that a little more specifically? Go back to those verses 8 and 9. Remember, it's those series of pairs. Go back to the first half again. Uh, what, what do we see Paul describing about his, uh, his particular life, what the, the clay pot life for, for Paul? He says, afflicted in every way, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. Right? Think, of, think of, those, uh, those, of those terms, afflicted in every way, struck down, persecuted. Whose life does that sound like? Kind of is a pretty good description of Jesus' life, isn't it? You, you kind of read through the Gospels, and what's Jesus look like? Oh, look, he's afflicted in every way. And, and oh, look, he's struck down. And oh, look, he's persecuted. And, and yeah, that's that's Jesus. And now Paul says, oh, yeah, that's me. Of course it's Paul, because it's Paul connected to Jesus. So that dying of Jesus is now Paul's experience uh, through life. And, of course, if you're united to Jesus, then that's what our lives look like, because we're connected to him. But that's not the whole story, right? Because Jesus doesn't just die, Jesus rises. Uh, so if you're connected to him, you don't just get the dying of Jesus, you get the rising of Jesus, right? You, get, you don't get half Jesus, you get all of Jesus. Uh, so Paul says, uh, sure enough, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our, in our bodies. Right? So, so just as for, for Jesus, dying uh, was the path to rising, Paul says, that's me. That, that, that's what my life is doing, because I'm connected to him. Uh, right? Jesus didn't stay dead, but God raises him up uh, out of the grave on the third day and exalts him and glorifies him. Uh, and Paul says, I'm bound to that. Which means, yes, there's the, there's the dying, but it also means it results in the, in the rising, the, uh, the resurrection. So the, through those hardships, those little deaths of this life, uh, it, it is that pathway like it was for Christ to, to resurrection. Little resurrections on the way to the big resurrection, um, right? So there's all these, all these little resurrections through the death. You can even look at those verses 8 and 9 again. How do, we, how do we get to the other half of the pair? Uh, well, it's, it's because we're connected to Jesus. And there's through the death, there's rising. 
So you start to see some of the little resurrections, uh, even in even in those even in those pairs. We're afflicted uh, in every way. There's there's the death, but not crushed, right? not crushed, uh, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Right? You look at those other halves. Uh, what do you see? Not crushed, not driven to despair, not forsaken, not destroyed. Uh, yeah, just like Jesus wasn't abandoned to the grave, God raised him up. The Father raised him up. Uh, so that's our story now. Yes, there's the, there's the death because we're, we're walking with Jesus. But there's also the, the life, right? We're not abandoned. We're not, uh, it's, it's not, not the, the end of the story, uh, the death. God, God lifts us up. God builds us up. Uh, and we read from Romans part of what part of what God does in the midst of the hardships. Uh, do you remember that? Remember that from from Romans that Chris read? Uh, that what does God do through those hardships, through those sufferings? Uh, Paul says that the suffering produces endurance, and the endurance produces character, and the character produces hope. That God does something through that path. Uh, why does it work that way? Jesus. How can suffering result in hope and, and renewed and transformed uh, character in us? How can that death result in that rising? Yeah, because we're connected to that Jesus. His death resulted in that rising. And so it's true for us. Uh, it, it's because there are these, uh, there's God's working life in us. And there's Paul describing in Romans 5 part of those little resurrections that he does. He's transforming us. Uh, he's sustaining us, back to verses 8 and 9. He's sustaining us so that though we're, we're struck down, we're not crushed, we're not despairing, we're, we're, not, uh, we're not abandoned. Uh, those little resurrections, and of course it's leading to the big resurrection when Jesus comes back, uh, when he completely lifts us up and, and changes our bodies and glorifies uh, himself completely in us and in the world. We'll actually talk about that next week. That's Paul's meditation, verses 16 through 18. Um, uh, but but Paul wants to take us a little bit more out of, in this theme of, of life out of death. Uh, he talks about it for himself. This is uh, Jesus' story, life out of death. Uh, it's Paul's story for himself. He, he receives life out of, uh, out of death. Uh, but now he says that also works in terms of Paul's ministry and our love for others. Uh, verse 12. Verse 12. This is kind of a puzzling one. Uh, but you start to think about it, you start to see the connection. Uh, so so here, here he is uh, talking, verse 11, right? He's talking about himself, uh, right? Walking down this road with Jesus, death bringing resurrection, uh, Paul's suffering uh, being the road to, to resurrection, life in Paul's life. And then he, then he says, verse 12, so death is at work in us, but life in you. Where, where does that come from? If you keep reading the next verses, you'll see Paul's talking more now about his, his service to the Corinthians, which is where he's talking about his, uh, his speaking of God's word to them. Uh, he's talking about he's going to bring, bring them with him into, into glory, grace extending to more and more people. So he's going to be talking more about uh, his service to others. Uh, but see how verse 12 really puts the two together. Uh, by saying, death is at work in us, but life in you. You see what he's doing? He's taking that same Jesus connection, 
right? Life out of death for Jesus means life out of death for us. And now he's applying it, not just to us within ourselves, but us with our relationships with other people. Uh, so his relationship with the Corinthians, uh, he's saying, my death-like hardships result in your Corinthians' resurrections. Paul dies, Corinthians rise. You can maybe see how that actually took place in the midst of Paul's, uh, Paul's ministry to the Corinthians over the, over the years. Uh, Paul goes through, in order, to, in order to, to bring the gospel to them and, and pastor and encourage them, Paul goes through a lot of hardships, uh, right? Initially, he's coming to Corinth. There's all kinds of opposition and persecution. Uh, then his ongoing ministry to them involves a ton of heartbreak for Paul as they struggle uh, with sin, as they reject him. Uh, so over the years, here's Paul's ministry to them. It's all about a lot of hardship. Right? In order to love them, Paul goes through all these hardships, all these little deaths. But what does it result in the Corinthians? That's how they get the gospel. Through Paul's dying, they get the gospel. And then through Paul's uh, heartache, they grow in, in their faith and in the gospel. You see? Death's at work in Paul. Life's at work in the Corinthians. Uh, what's, what's that really? That, that's an extension of the same Jesus, uh, the same Jesus connection. It's, uh, right? This is what Jesus does. Jesus dies so that we can rise. Right? You could even use that language of verse 12. Uh, death is at work in Jesus so that life can be at work in us. And now Paul's saying, yeah, I'm, I'm living that out. Uh, that's being lived out, yeah, because I'm connected to that Jesus. Um, Paul, uh, right? Death's at work in me so that life can be at work in you, Corinthians. Uh, so Paul's not, just, Paul's not just preaching the gospel. He's actually living out the gospel uh, in front of them. Uh, and, and you start to realize that this is really the essence of what, what real love and service is. Uh, real Christ-like Christian love and service, it has this quality of, of uh, we die so that others can live. right? We sacrifice so that others can be blessed. Uh, or to, to use uh, author Paul Miller's uh, language, we go low so that others can be raised up. That's what real love looks like. Uh, and and experience, it is experienced in all different kinds of ways. But that's, that's, that's true love, right? Not the, not the Hollywood love, but real, uh, Christ-like, Christian love in all different kinds of relationships. It's us going low so that others can be built up. Think about where you, where you might see that. How about the, the love of a Christian parent for a child? Uh, right? What's, what's the core of parenting? It's dying, in a sense, right? You, you, you invest... Uh, years of time and money and energy and heart, right? You go low so that, so that others can be raised up. Uh, or here's another relationship. We've seen a lot of this in our church, and, and I've seen it in my family. How about an, an adult child uh, caring for an aging parent? Right? There's, there's love. What does it look like? It looks like a, that adult child sacrificing in order, to, in order to care. They go low so that that parent can be can be built up, right? You see it in that relationship too. How about how about even with marriage, right? There's there's where Hollywood really likes to zoom in on the let's talk about the romantic and okay, well, but yeah, but think of how Paul talks about about marriage, 
How does Paul describe, here's the core of what it means to be a Christian husband. He says, Ephesians 5, death. Right? Right, what does he say? Lay down your life for her? Because Christ laid down his life for, the, for his bride. Right, the core of, of, of that marital love of a Christian husband is he goes low so that she can be raised up. Right? That's, that's in, uh, what real love looks like in, in all our different relationships. True love has this element of dying. Yeah, because where do we learn what love looks like? We look at God. We look at his love for us, right? Not that, not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave his son uh, for us, uh, right? He demonstrates that. What did we say from Romans 5? How does he demonstrate his love? Where do we see it? Yeah, Christ, while we were yet sinners, uh, died for us. He went to the lowest place in order to raise us up. And now our love copies that, mimics that. Uh, and there's, there's where fruitful love uh, well, where will where will look like? Uh, that's where our most our most fruitful ministry will look like. Us going low, so that another can be can be built up. So uh, there's the road that Paul says he's on as he ministers to the Corinthians, and there's the there's the love of the road that we're on. Uh, that our our most impactful, fruitful ministry and service to other people will have a cross like shape to it. Because it's us connected to Jesus. Uh, we, we die so that others might live. Uh, we go low, not, not in bearing sin like Jesus, but, but in that connection of, uh, of sacrifice in order to, in order to build up. Um, and so that, but the connection to Jesus also helps us understand uh, what that love is going is to be aiming towards. Uh, right? Because Jesus' love for us has a very specific goal. Right? It's not just sacrifice for sacrifice sake. Right? Jesus wants to, to, to say, I love you, so he does this really dramatic thing, you know, and just drama for the sake of drama. No, 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 no. It's very specific. Right? He dies on the cross in order to raise us up. And so our love, connected to Christ, is to have that same quality. We're not talking about, uh, about dramatic action for the sake of dramatic action. Uh, we're talking about going low in order to build somebody up. Let me give you two, two, two illustrations of that. One a little more lighthearted, one, one quite serious. And so, um, okay, Valentine's Day. What, is, what does love look like on Valentine's Day? Um, I come home on Valentine's Day, say for example, and I decide this Valentine's Day I'm going to do something big, you know, dramatic, the biggest bouquet of long stem roses I can come up with and buy, and you know, you know how expensive they are on Valentine's Day. Expensive, big sacrifice. Here they are. Is that is that real Christ-like love for man? Not for your wife, or uh, but for her. Is that Christ-like love for her? The answer is no. Because she doesn't care two bits about roses. Like, doesn't care. Your, your wife might, uh, in which case, go for it. Uh, but, but for her, it's like, eh. So, so, you know, I might say, well, hold on. Look at this sacrifice. Look at what I did. Look at all that I spent. This is, this is big. Uh, right? But, but Christ-like love isn't just drama for the sake of drama, big for the sake of big. Uh, right? So maybe it would look more like take that same rose money and, and 
buy takeout for the whole family so that she doesn't have to have to cook after a long day. And that might feel like, ah, oh, that's that's serving me, uh, right? Because the goal is not just uh, be dramatic for the sake of being dramatic, sacrifice for the sake of sacrifice. Uh, and so you have to know where, where where's this going? What's the what's the goal here? It's going low in order to build someone up, in order to raise them uh, them up. That's what love looks like. Um, so that's a little more lighthearted example. Here's a more serious one, but it's one that that's good to wrestle with because it's one in Christian circles that that we've sometimes gotten wrong and sometimes horribly wrong. Uh, okay, you have here you have a Christian wife who's being horribly abused by her husband. How does that Christian wife uh, show love in that situation? What does Christ-like love look like? Um, Have you ever heard in Christian circles something like this? That what she should do is she should just pray and and bear that suffering just like, just for love of Christ. Christ Christ-like stuff, she should just quietly pray and bear that suffering because that's Christ-like. Can you see why that is horribly bad advice? Because it's not Christ-like love. Because what is Christ-like love? It's not just doing something dramatic to be dramatic or sacrifice for sacrifice. It's, It's going low in order to build someone up. And so in that specific case, here you have a husband, and he's got this wickedness in his life, and it's killing him. And it's destroying him spiritually. And, and, for, and for that wife to, okay, I'll just keep it quiet, keep it in the dark, uh, and, and, and just suffer, well, that, that's not helping him. That's actually contributing to the, to the death. Uh, what love looks like, oh, it's going to be, still be sacrificial, but, but most likely, almost definitely, what love is going to look like is, is not, to, not to keep it quiet and suffer, uh, but go down a, an also hard road, sometimes an even harder road, uh, and and bringing that sin into the light. Because there, there's going to be a sacrifice. That's going to be hard. Uh, but that actually works to build up, to bring life. Uh, right? So th- you get the idea. What Christ-like love is, isn't just doing something uh, sacrificial, because all sacrifice is good. No, it's, it's Christ went low in order to raise us up in glory. And so our love for, for others is going to have that shape. Uh, and, of course, it's going to take a lot of wisdom. You're going to have to pray in this situation, when this person, what does it look like for me uh, to love them? It's going to feel like death, probably, in some form or fashion. What does it look like here? Uh, Lord, give wisdom. If you're really not sure, ask somebody else. Uh, get others to, to, to help you. But the idea is, united to Christ, uh, God uses us down this road of dying and rising because we're connected to him. Uh, now, we said that this probably is a little bit of challenge and a little bit of encouragement. Uh, so it, there is a little bit of challenge here. Uh, it's the call to, to recommit ourselves to loving and serving in hard places. Uh, right? it's, it's, it's easy to get confused in those hard places. It's easy to see the hardship and, and think, oh, okay, this clearly is my cue to go the opposite direction. Maybe, but maybe not. Uh, maybe what that, that hard place is exactly where God wants you, 
Uh, and, and yes, it's hard, but that's part of what God's going to use. Uh, you, you, a kind of death-like low to raise someone else up. Right? Maybe that's exactly what where God wants you, and he wants you not just to try to endure it, but, but actually uh, lean on him and press into it and look for him to bring about a resurrection uh, through the dead. Again, it's going to take wisdom, and you, and you, you plead with God and get wisdom from his word to, to know, but, but just because it's hard doesn't mean flee from it, uh, right? Because the Christian life is about, uh, about walking with Jesus, and that's going to be a walking in his death, uh, in order to see those that resurrection life. So, yeah, there's a challenge. There's also real encouragement here, and hopefully you see that. Uh, right? We started with that question. If the gospel is so good, uh, then, then why is the Christian life so hard? Well, here Paul gives us a, a helpful, and I think a really encouraging answer. Right? It's, it, it's not because we're doing it wrong. Uh, it's not because we're crazy and we really should be smiling all the time. It's because we have this glorious treasure in jars of clay. Right? It, it, we, we, we feel brittle and fragile because that's what we are as we walk with Jesus down this road. Uh, it's, it's a part of his plan. Uh, it's part of his plan not just to work in spite of our weakness, but actually through it. To show forth Christ to the world? What does Paul say? Why, why does God do this? Treasure jars of clay. It doesn't seem to make sense. Paul says, yeah, that's, that's actually on purpose. Because then everybody gets to see that the, the, the glory belongs not to the jar, but what's in the jar. It belongs to God and, and not to us. All right? We get to show forth the, the goodness of God and the power of God and the wisdom of God even through, through our, uh, our weakness. Uh, and that God is working, even in places where we assume he could never do it here. Right? You might say that about the cross and the grave. Like, oh, how could Jesus, how could God ever be doing something good here? Yeah, that was exactly his path of the greatest good. So it is if you're connected to Jesus. Those very places where you might think, well, God is, God is not doing anything good here. Uh, that's exactly the kinds of places where he works. Uh, and maybe you don't see it initially. I was thinking about this this week. I was thinking about uh, the, the individuals I, I talked to this week who probably encouraged me the most, really built me up in faith, and wow, Jesus really is wonderful uh, because of their, their, you know, interacting with them. And it was dawning on me, they're the individuals actually who probably feel the weakest in my life. And they probably, probably don't, can't even comprehend, or it's hard for them to comprehend how their weakness could ever encourage me. But God's doing it. I hope they'll see it because uh, uh, I'd love them to be encouraged. But but it's there even if they don't even if they don't quite see it yet. Yeah, because that's what God does because uh, He connects us to, to Jesus. So be encouraged. Uh, look look for that glory in the midst of uh, the the clay pot of life. Uh, look for yes, uh, we're we're afflicted but but not crushed. We're perplexed but not driven to despair. Uh, we're struck down but not destroyed. And that's just the beginning. Now, because we're going to get to next week a glory that's coming, a, a rising that's coming that actually makes all the, the death-like stuff of this world look like nothing. Uh, Paul's going to have to explain that one to us, but that's, that's next week. But right now it's being encouraged because of being united to Christ. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. 
that you love your people and you build them up and strengthen them and, and you show forth uh, the, the wonders of your love and your son. Lord, we pray that we might be encouraged by, uh, by knowing Christ better, uh, Lord, and that we would see his work lived out even in our lives. Lord, help strengthen us, strengthen us in those, those hard places where you call us to love, encourage us where we feel we feel discouraged and, and, and struck down. Lord, uh, build us up, we do pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.